Let's now turn to the book of Psalms. We're going to go to one Psalm, Psalm 139, where Psalm is a song. Psalm 139. And we're only going to read verse 14 of it because it's a beautiful song. It is all the way through. And it's really about praising the Lord God. A lot of times this gets misused, misconstrued. And people use it about praising us, about how powerful, wonderful we are. See, especially in certain versions of the Bible, how wonderful we are, how wonderful I am. God made me so powerful, so wonderful. This is written by David. David wouldn't do that, by the way. He would ever make a look. Look how wonderful and great I am. I'm so great. God made me special. That's not really what it's about. It's actually talking about how wonderful, special God is. But that God knew me before I was born, and he made me from the get of the go. And it selected every, and I'm going to say this somewhat facetiously, but not really. He even selected every cell upon our body, even every follicle of hair that is there or not there. <laughs> he chose it all, every bit of it. So when we start complaining about how we are, we need to remember that we are as God made us to be. Not things we did to ourselves. We need to remember that when we made mistakes. But even God can use that. Okay? So, let me show you this song. Yeah. Okay. So starting in, and you don't have to stand for this, but starting in the book of Psalm 139, verse 14, it does say this. I will praise you for you made me with fear and wonder. This doesn't mean he's afraid of us. This is talking about with, we should have honor and respect the Lord. And we should have wonder over what he's done for us and with us. It says, you have made me with fear and wonder. Marvelous you are your works. And you know me completely. He knows us all the way through. God is wonderful. God is marvelous. We should have fear of him. Think about this. We should have respect for God. We should fear him. We should honor him, have wonder for him. Because he knows us, and he knew us before we were born. He knew what we were going to be, and he knows us. He knows what we're thinking, and he knows what we can be. I mentioned this morning that I grew up loving Charlie Brown and the Peanuts. I would sometimes call it the Snoopy cartoons, but I usually call it the Charlie Brown cartoons, the Peanuts characters. I loved them, still do. I knew every bit of the Peanuts gang created by my brother in Christ and your brother in Christ, Charles Schultz. That's why it's so great, because there's a lot of morality and truth to it, and it connects with all of us. It connects with everybody. People say, well, I feel like I know them, like I am them, but it's because it's he knew what he was doing. He based his characters off kids that he grew up with and him. I'm not saying he knew every single one of those people, but he based those people off people he knew. And here's the truth. If we look at these characters, we can relate to every single one of them. And you're not saying you have to be a bald-headed kid or a kid who's smart, who loves his blanket, or you have to be a dog, even though I think we've all felt like a dog sometimes. You don't have to be a yellow bird. You don't have to be a kid who's filled with dirt. You, you know, dirt all around you. You don't have to be a, a genius piano player or a blonde-headed little girl whose big brother's bald. You don't have to be a, a loud-mouthed girl who thinks she's a psychiatrist. You don't have to be a tomboy who's always being followed around by a very smart girl with glasses. You don't have to be any of those things. But what you, but what you do have to do is grow up as a kid, and everybody has. And even when you're an adult, you know what you are as an adult? You're a grown-up kid. You're a kid stuck in a grown-up body. I've said this so many times, but we're all still kids. 
We're the same kids we were. It's just that we've been around long enough to learn a little more. But we still have those kid-like ways. And so let's go into this now. I love those characters, especially ones I relate to. And I've always related with certain ones. I relate to Charlie Brown, obviously. You saw me this morning. I had my ziggity-zaggity thing. This is one of my favorite ties of all time. I have lots of ties like it. Once I started getting them, and I think this was the first one I had, where they're all walking to the side. And it reminds me of that view where they're walking to the side. It reminds me of that Beatles, you know, that, that famous Beatles album where they're walking. Uh, I don't remember the name of that album, but I people will slap me for that. But <laughs> but it shows them walking to the side, and I have this one. I have a Flintstones one doing that. I have a few others where they're walking to the side, and I like that because it shows all the characters, the main characters. But what I like about it especially is it goes good with an orange shirt, with a blue shirt, with a black shirt, with a yellow shirt, with all sorts of things, and we can all relate to these characters, every single one of them. The thing that I like about these characters you can relate to them. I mostly relate to Charlie Brown, obviously, and I relate to Pigpen. My mom will say amen. But the reason why I relate to Pigpen is I, no matter what I try, I'm not that organized. I'm a little dirty. But I'm mostly speaking about spiritually we can relate with these characters. I relate with Snoopy. I think everybody can. And I can relate with Linus. I really relate with every single one of these characters in one way or another. So which character are you like? And I'm not talking about physically. I'm not talking about uh, as a child. I'm talking about as a Christian. As a Christian, which Peanuts character are you like? Which character are you like? And so the title of tonight's sermon is The Peanuts Gallery. As a Christian, which Peanuts character are you like? Well, let's take a look at some of these characters. There's Charlie Brown. And I'm talking about these characteristics of this person. Charlie Brown was wishy-washy. He was a blockhead. Uh, and I'm talking about how the world looked at him. You remember how we mentioned it today. The, the world said he's wishy-washy. They said that he was a blockhead. And they said that he was uh, basically couldn't do anything right. He was insecure because of it. This is who, how he was. Do you remember how no matter what he tried, nothing went right? He always, he always got his uh, kite caught in a tree. You remember that? Always got the kite caught in a tree. So I even have a kite here. There, his kite got caught in a tree. And nothing he did. He couldn't make it fly ever. You remember that? Never could. I felt like that. No matter what I tried, everything seemed to go wrong when I was a kid. Everything. And then every, when it came to baseball, I couldn't run fast enough to get the first base. I, every time I tried to kick. What, you remember my, my cousin Leslie was here today. I didn't tell you this, but one time I was playing baseball at a family reunion. I says, by golly, I'm going to hit that baseball just right. And I did. I hit that baseball. But when I did, I was so bound and determined. Folks, I'm a big guy. I was so bound and determined. I was going to run. I can't run fast. I'm a fat feller. So I decided I'm going to run fast. I'm going to hit that ball so hard that whatever I do, I'm going to run fast. Well, I hit it hard. But when I went to let go of the, of the bat, the bat went flying too. And it hit her in the leg. And she was in so much pain. And I mean, I can't do anything. I can't let go of the bat right. And I felt so terrible. The only part that was good was that Lucy at that moment didn't mock me too often. I think they were scared of me. But the point is, I did get home. I did get a, uh, uh, a, a, a run. Thank you. She knows that part. She got a, uh, was that a run or was that a touchdown? Anyway, I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. 
So I did get it. I got. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got to run. <laughs> uh, when I got to run that time, I earned that one. But the point is, is he always messes up. And speaking of football, speaking of football, one thing Charlie Brown had the hardest time doing was playing football because of Lucy. Uh, as you know, Lucy would never let him kick that football. Well, where is that football? There it is. Every time he put that football up, we know that Lucy wouldn't let him kick it, would she? Wouldn't let that happen. She would move it right in time, and he'd land on his back, folks. Every single fall, I have a little, I have a little uh, globe in there with foot with Lucy. Charlie Brown, him. What did he always say? Ah! How many times in our life do we feel like that? We feel like we're just about to get something we're after, and we fall down as Christians on our back. Yes, Charlie Brown felt like a wishy-washy blockhead and very insecure. But today we talked about that. Now, do you know why I did not pick the Charlie Brown with the yellow like I had this morning, the bobblehead? You know why I did pick that? Because I wanted to show that even though Charlie Brown, even though Charlie Brown does feel like that, one thing we as Christians are to be, we're not blockheads. We're to continue to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Because listen what this says. Listen what this says right here. We're to remember that woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you cleanse the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you're full of extortion and greed. The world tries to treat us like that. They, they cause blockheads and all that, but they don't change. But we're to change on the inside to be different. And Charlie Brown is the symbol in this sense, uh, in this sermon. He is the symbol of though we may feel like a blockhead, we're not to be. We're to be different than we once were. That's why I put him in the red. Originally, the character Charlie Brown showed up in red a lot in the comic strips and all. But the fact of the matter is, is we are no longer to feel yellow and afraid to stand up. We are to be in the red. In other words, the blood of Jesus Christ. We are to make a stand for the Lord God. You're not a blockhead. They are. They're the fools who do not believe in Jesus Christ, but you are not. The next character I want to talk about, who we sometimes spiritually feel like, is Linus Van Pelt. Now, Linus was always my favorite as a little kid because I understood Linus very, very much. Linus was very smart, or is very smart. Linus is very smart, self-assured, and wise. But at the same time, at the same time, he's biblically wise, yet insecure, because Linus always needs something to feel secure about himself. He needs a blanket, and this blanket makes him feel good. Now, some of us need certain self-assurances in our life to feel secure about ourselves, even spiritually. Now, I'm not talking about the Bible, because the Bible is what gives us wisdom, but he needs that, and sometimes we need things around us, don't we? to feel secure spiritually. But well, we already have Jesus Christ. We don't need little little physical things to feel good about ourselves. But there's another thing about Linus that I want to point out to you. Linus needs that blanket, but, but he also believes in superstitious things. One minute he's talking about the Lord God, the next minute he's talking about believing in the great pumpkin. And there's a lot of things that people do, there are a lot of things that people do in, I'm talking about Christians now. Christians will believe in the Lord God, and they're talking about the Bible, and then the next minute, they're, they're bringing in all sorts of falsities of the world, and they're bringing in all sorts of false religions and false beliefs, and they're mixing it with the Bible. They're, they're believing in that stuff. We've got to be careful about that. Now, by the way, I'm not really saying that Charles Schultz is that way. I'm saying that this is the way this character can be represented. He's wise in certain areas, and yet scared in certain areas. He needs the blanket. It also has different false beliefs. So we need to be careful not to be that way. But many times we Christians can be that way. So Linus can represent that. Obviously, I don't have enough room for all of them up here at once. <laughs> okay. Also, 
the next character in this, and I felt kind of sad today, as if I was almost represent, misrepresenting my wonderful cousin. <laughs> but not really, because she she admitted she had a lot to do, a lot like Lucy. Lucy Van Pelt. Lucy Van Pelt, the character, I mean, was arrogant. She was known as, in the comic strip, as a fuss budget, which means crabby, bossy, opinionated. In fact, she bullied almost every character in the comic strip, in the cartoons and everything else. She was a self-proclaimed... Now, first of all, I want to say something. As a Christian, we should not be arrogant. We should not be arrogant. Because when we become arrogant, think that we know everything, there's a problem there. There's a problem when we become arrogant. Because how can God correct us if we think we don't need corrected? I've known a lot of... of uh, oh, first of all, let me say this about Linus before I go on to Lucy here. Um, Linus is self-assured, wise, and all, biblically wise and all these things. But let me say this about his uh, biblical wisdom, and yet insecure with the blanket and all that. One of the most famous moments of Linus in the cartoons is the fact that he was the one who stood up on the very first Peanuts cartoon. And you remember what he did? Whenever they were wondering what Christmas is all about, you remember what he said? He stood up and he said, and he quoted this from Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. By the way, do you know there would be no cartoons of the Peanuts if Charles Schultz could not put this in? He said he would not make any cartoons of it if he cannot put the Bible in there and make what Christmas is really about. One of the very only uh, things about Christmas is you see where he it is about Christ. That's what it says here. When uh, This is what Linus quotes. Luke chapter 2, 8 through 14. And the same uh, area, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were very afraid. But the angel said to them, Listen, fear not, for I bring you good tidings of great joy and that will be which unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign unto you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly there an angel of company, uh, an angel in a company of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, "Glory unto God in the highest, and peace on earth, and goodwill toward men." I saw a minister talking about this very interesting thing, and he was talking about how funny it was that here is Linus talking about fear not, and yet this is Linus who needs a blanket because he has fear and insecurity. He believes in the superstition great pumpkin, and there are many who combine those beliefs, and it should not be because it's confusing. Now, on to Lucy. Lucy, the arrogant fuss budget, the bossy, opinionated uh, to all the people. She believes herself to know everything, and this shouldn't be. There's many Christians who do this. They combine these things, thinking that they know all things, they can do all things, and they don't need God. In fact, she's so even so much believed that she knows so much in the comic strips and other things. She actually believed herself to be a psychiatrist. Remember that? She was she had a a, uh, a psychiatry booth like other kids would have a lemonade stand. She'd have a psychiatry stand for five cents. Well, I don't know how good it would be for five cents, but she mostly did this to pick on Charlie Brown. He would come there asking what's wrong with this and what's wrong with that. You remember? But this is what she would do. She really thought herself to be so uh, smart. But how many Christians do this, though? They think they have all the answers. We've got all the answers. Why do we need God? We have all the answers. 
Folks, how can we grow in the Lord if we don't think we need to go to God? We don't need to pray to God. We don't need to read his word. We have all the answers. Folks, I've known some personally who never are wrong, just like Lucy, never wrong. We don't go to God because we're never wrong. How can we ever grow if we're like that? So, yes, there are some who are that way. And then there's a much sweeter, a much sweeter type of Christian. Uh, and this character was a character that I think we can all relate to partially. I think we can all relate to Lucy, sadly. Sally Brown. Sally Brown. Oh, by the way, Lucy Van Pelt. I didn't know if I said the last name, but Sally Brown. Kind, sentimental, cheerful, deeply emotional. Very deeply emotional. But sometimes she allowed her emotions to be a problem. Oh, she wasn't always sweet to her brother. But she also asked brother for all the help in the world. My dad used to say that him, and uh, he always reminded himself of Charlie Brown. Most guys do. But he was very much, and he was a lot like Charlie Brown, just like me and Eric and all. But he uh, much like Charlie Brown, and his little sister was much like Sally. So much so that if you see the pictures of her when she was young and him, he dressed like Charlie Brown. That's what was popular at the time, uh, the stripes and all that kind of stuff. But also, uh, she looked like Sally when she was a little girl, with blue dresses and the blonde hair and all that. But they had much of a Sally-Charlie relationship. Her asking her big brother for help and picking on him too. <laughs> That's what they did. And, uh, but it was, it was a loving relationship. The fact is that Sally was very, very sweet, deeply emotional, and she allowed her emotions to control her. So much so she allowed her fears to control her and everything else like many Christians do, allowing their emotions to control them, not the spirit. And we do that too often. So much so she even allowed her love to control her. We know she was in love with Linus. We see it all the time. And one of my favorite things she would do, loving Linus, everything is, oh, my big baboo, she would call him. My big baboo, sweet baboo, she would sometimes call him. But she loved Linus. So many people love the people around them in the world that they can't see God or pay attention to God because they too much are worried about their sweet baboo and their big baboo and not paying attention to the Lord God. That's what a lot of Christians do, that their emotions control them. Then there's Schroeder. Schroeder just wouldn't be complete without a piano. Schroeder. I don't even know his first name or, if, or last name. I don't even know it because I didn't ever say it, but he's extremely talented. They call him a genius. Schroeder's extremely talented piano player. He has skill like you wouldn't believe. So much skill, and he loves, loves playing the piano. In fact, every time you see him, he's on the piano. Very rarely, once in a while, you see him playing baseball or out doing other things and because he's always there. Uh, but very, very, very few times you see him doing anything else. Uh, he has very little time for anything else because he loves his piano so much. He definitely doesn't have time to show much uh, attraction towards Lucy. <laughs> but he loves his piano so much. In fact, I don't have it here, but there's a little head of Beethoven that goes on top of this. He he loves Beethoven. Uh, it, there's not I don't have a battery for it right now, but this actually plays Beethoven and stuff when it starts up. <laughs> but he loves Beethoven. There's, a, there's nothing wrong with having talent. But a lot of Christians show so much time for whatever they do on the side that they don't have time for much else. That Whether it be sports, whether it be whatever they watch, whatever they do, they have more time for their talent than they do for God, and they forget that God gave them the talent. It's like not being thankful for what the Lord gave you, and many Christians do that. Well, 
It'd be like disrespectful not to do what God gave me. Yes, but it's also disrespectful not to show God the gratitude by putting him first. And many Christians do that. And then, there's Pigpen. There's Pigpen. He would be incomplete without a dust of cloud. I mean, cloud of dust. Uh, Pigpen, I think we've all felt like Pigpen, spiritually speaking. Pigpen, I love Pigpen. First of all, he feels very self-assured, despite the fact that he's completely filthy. He knows who he is, and says he can't help that he's dirty. In fact, in one of the early comic strips, uh, Charlie Brown came over, and he didn't really recognize him, because he was completely clean, has hair combed and everything, and and Charlie Brown goes, hey, you want to come out and play Pigpen? He, he said, no, no, I can't. I just took a shower. And he says, he says, well, surely you can come out and play. He said, no, look what happens. Shows him open the door, comes out, covered with dust and all that. This is the way many Christians are. The moment, the moment, they, they, they're like, oh, no, 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 I can't do anything. I, I can't help but be dirty. I can't help but be sinful. I can't help but be covered with the ways of the world. Folks, the fact of the matter is, spiritually speaking, we can help it. God gives us the ability to say no. And if we don't say no, we can't blame God. We only blame us. We only blame us. We can't blame God. But we oftentimes do. We, if we're pig pen-like, we cannot blame the Lord. We should blame us. Then, there's Peppermint Patty. Peppermint Patty is kind of a tomboy. Always playing sports and other things. He's obsessed with winning. Obsessed with winning. A lot of Christians are that way. Obsessed with winning, whether it be their work, whether it be their sports, whether it be other things they do. She's obsessed with winning, with putting those things before other things. We as Christians, we never do it. Oh, I've got to do good at work. I can't put God before my job, forgetting the fact that God gave him that job. I can't put God before my family. I've got to be the best mom. i got to be the best dad. i got to be the best brother. i got to be the best folks. If you don't put God first, you're already last as a Christian. And Peppermint Patty is no obsession. No different, I should say. Then there's Woodstock. Little Woodstock. Woodstock's a little different in this case. A little birdie with a yellow bill oftentimes hops up on my windowsill, cocks his shiny eye and says, Aren't you ashamed, you sleepyhead? Come on, come on, get out of bed. Let's go to Sunday school. You know, this little birdie is hangs around Snoopy all the time, always trying to help him. Often, he's picked on and ignored by Snoopy, made fun of even. But he's never far away, no matter what. So I have nothing bad to say about Snoopy, about the Woodstock. I do about Snoopy, though. <laughs> so let's talk about him. We have his little house here. Here he is. I won't put him on top, though. He's supposed to go there, but I'm not going to. I'm afraid he'll fall off and, and be in the offering plate. Okay. Snoopy. Snoopy has an identity crisis. He really does. Now, the fact of the matter is, in the cartoon, he sometimes appears himself lazy, laying on top, don't want to go anywhere, doesn't go inside the house. He's always on top. It's like he's afraid to see what's going on, afraid to be inside once we've seen it on the outside. But he has an identity crisis. Sometimes he appears as the World War I flying ace, ready to fight the Red Baron. 
or he appears as Joe Cool, Mr. Too Cool himself, too cool to care about what's going on, and yet he really does. He's sometimes just sleeping, sleeping on top of that doghouse. Many Christians are like this. They're this way. Or he wants to dance around doing other things, trying to appear as something he's not. This is the way a lot of Christians are. They're not inside the house, not inside the house of God. No, 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 no. They're outside that house. They're out there afraid to be seen. They don't want to be in the doghouse with the world. No, no, no. They don't want to be in the doghouse. They're afraid that if they're seen by the world, no, no, no. We're too cool to be seen that way, like Joe Cool. No, no, no. We don't, I don't want to be in the doghouse. You know the phrase, being in the doghouse. No, no, no. We don't want to be like that. No, I want to be outside. I want to be seen cool. We're just too cool for that. We want to be like Joe Cool. No, no, no. But instead, as Christians, we need to be listening to that little birdie with the yellow bill. We need to be listening to the little birdie. By the way, we have a birdie that we need to listen to as Christians. And that birdie is called the Holy Spirit. Now, I realize that may seem like a stretch. And from now on, you might see Woodstock and say, is that really the Holy Spirit? No, but in our life, we have a Holy Spirit. We have a birdie who talks to us all the time and tries to get our attention. Tries to get our attention and tries to tell us what to do, what's right and what's wrong. And we need to listen. Here's the verse for Snoopy. Listen to what the Lord God says unto us who's trying to be cool and get along with the world. That's what it says in 1 John 3, 2. In 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we children of God, and it has not yet been revealed that we what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We're to be like Jesus, not like the people of the world, not to be too cool, too cool to be seen like Jesus. No, no, no. We're to be like Jesus, not like the people of the world. We're not to be that way. Now, here are other verses that I want to put together to be like those, like, like Pigpen, like Peppermint Patty, like all the other characters. These are to be like all those characters, like the people of this world. This is like those characters. Don't be anxious about what the world thinks. Don't worry about all that. Because here's what it says in Philippians 4, 6 through 8. And we, we quote this a lot. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with gratitude. Make yourself, make your request known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is any praise, think on these things. Now, how do we do that? Through his word. Through his word. And through the Holy Spirit. And it also says this in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22 through 26. I love this. In James chapter 1, 22 through 26, it says this. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in a mirror. He views himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man will be blessed in his deeds. If anyone among you seems to be religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is 
vain. Now this is what I'm going to say about following the Holy Spirit, that little bird with the yellow bill. This is what I say about that. Matthew 13, 15. For this people's heart has grown, for this people's heart has grown dull. Their ears have become hard of hearing, and they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their ears and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn, and I should heal them. We must remember that the little birdie wants to get our attention, the Holy Spirit. Wants to change us, wants us to all be uh, good spiritual knights. Good spiritual knights. We need to be changed. You know, when I look at the Peanuts characters, spiritually speaking, I think we're all like all of them. We're like all of them. The ones I mentioned, the ones I didn't. Oh, there's Franklin, there's there's Marcy, there's so many others I can name. I love them all, and they all have, they're all great characters. I love them all. And the fact of the matter is, if in a spiritual sense of how we, we could be compared, spiritually speaking, with their weaknesses and with their strengths. All Christians are weak. And all Christians have strengths. And the strengths of those Christians are when they give themselves to Jesus. And they let Jesus strengthen them every day. And we can see that. And I dare say, if you are called a blockhead, if you are called a clown by the people of the world, you are strong. You need to continue to turn away from them. Don't be wishy-washy. Just like I said this morning. Don't be wishy-washy. I say take it as one of the greatest compliments in the world. Listen to the little birdie with the yellow bill. Don't listen to those around. Don't worry about it if you've missed that football. Don't worry about it if you've fallen off the inning. I meant to say that the little mound, you know. Don't worry about that if you fall off the mound, because he does that sometimes. You know? If you fall off the mound and you're trying to throw that baseball it's okay we all do that don't worry about if you drop the kite if the if the string is wrapped around your feet it happens get back up again listen to the little birdie with the yellow bill get up again Christian it's gonna be okay there'll be another day and you're gonna be all right and I close by saying this Philippians 4 verse 11 Philippians 4 verse 11 says I do not speak because I have need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Now, I don't know about you, but I am content. I'm content not because I am perfect, but because the one who lives within me is. And he changes my character every day. And every day he shows me where my character can grow and change. And every day I can see where the grief I've gone through is good. And every day I know I'm going to feel a little better than I did the day before. And with that, let's close in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, I thank you so very much, Lord, that you can help us to see where we are imperfect and how you can make us a little more perfect every day. I pray, Lord God, for my brothers and sisters in Christ today. I pray for those right now who see their imperfections, especially in a spiritual sense, where they can see how you can change them. I pray, Lord, that you will help them today, help them to walk a little better today than they did yesterday, and step a little better tomorrow than they did today. I pray, Lord God, that they will allow it. And Lord God, I pray that you will speak to us through that Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that we will listen 
I pray for all this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.